0: Log Talk Radio. Show my kids um, that I'm making a decision, the choice, because uh, our kids have been dedicated, but not baptized, and that's going We know we feel that baptism is your decision to make, yeah. and so we wanted. I wanted to kind of like, okay, it's time for me to show my kids. Um, at, even at a later age, um, you can make that decision to follow um, Christ and to, to put Him first in, in your life, and um, I just wanted them to know that this is what. It's it's okay. It's cool, and you can do it even at, at a late age. And um, you know, it just I wanted to. You know, it was very small, obviously, just a small group of friends and, and my, my, my parents, and um, just just to, to to show the world, which is just that small group of people, that um, that I'm living for Jesus. I, I want to show my kids um, that I'm making a decision, the choice. That's Ben Roethlisberger, ex Pittsburgh Steelers, retired a year ago. Gave us life to Christ. We have Advantage Janice Taylor here this evening. God bless her. I'm so grateful to have her. I can get me some rest. Are there any emails concerning tonight's message or questions, please email me at overtonab1 at com. Without further ado, for the next one hour and 58 minutes, of her choice, Advantage Janice Taylor. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. I give God praise for this opportunity. To come before you tonight, I want to thank Apostle Emmett Overton and Fellowship of Live of Deliverance, and this um, this space here tonight. And I thank God for each of you that have tuned in. Uh, this is Evangelist Janet Taylor from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Uh, our web address is www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. You can um, write to us at P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27051. You can call us at 336-575-0206, or you can email us at JET245 at MSN.com. If you'd like to send a donation in support of this ministry, you can uh, PayPal or you can use Zell. And we just want to get started tonight and give God some praise. I thank um, the Lord for this opportunity, so I'm going to blow the shofar uh, as we get started here tonight because the sound of the shofar is the sound of the trumpet. It says, blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm. We are living in perilous times. And so I'm going to sound the alarm. This is like an alarm clock to wake up the sleeping church. The church has been sleep in America for quite some time because we've been in the bed with the enemy. And the Bible tells us in Matthew, I just want to read it to you from Matthew um, chapter 13 and verse 25. It says, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the weak and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So there are tares in the house of God. There are tares in the church, and uh, it's, it happened while the church was sleeping. And so the Bible says, so the servants of the household that came and said unto him, sir, Did thou not uh, sow good seed in thy field, from which then hath it tares? He said unto them, an enemy. So you see the devil have done this. The servant said unto him, wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? He said, nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up the wheat also with them. So the Lord said, no, I'm going to let the tares stay in there. I'm going I'm to let them stay in there with the wheat. He said, because if you try to go and uh, root them up, he said, you're going to pull up some of the tares, some of the wheat along with the tares. So he said, just let it grow together. He said, let them both uh, grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, uh, I will gather I will say to the weepers gather ye the first the tares. and then he said and um they were astonished when they, and bind them in bundles to burn them but gather the wheat into my barn so yeah there's a lot of tears in the church today there's a lot of tear ministries in the body of Christ today but and it looked like that you know what they're successful people still coming to church we still uh on tv we still doing this we still doing that uh we still having a good time but god said i'm just letting them grow together he said because at the time of harvest i'm gonna do the separating you see god knows the wheat from the tares the wheat and the tares look just alike they know how to shout Uh, uh, like the saints of God. They know how to speak in a tongue. They know how to, uh, they know our mannerisms. They know how to sing the the right songs. And and it looked like they have in church. As a matter of fact, that's what they say. Let's have some church. And it looked like the real thing, but they ain't got no power. That's what's missing. They have no power. And so what God is saying, um, He said, let them grow together, he said, and I will do the separating. Why is God going to do the separating? Because he knows who is his and who is not his. He knows the heart. See, man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so God is is the rightful judge. And when he judges, he judges righteously. Thank God for this word. So I'm going to blow the shofar right now. Um, and uh, we're going to hear what the Lord has to say to the church. For all those that have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church on tonight. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to blow that again. Ooh. That is the sound of the shofar, and the shofar is the warning sound. It is the alarm to wake up the sleeping church. So I say unto you tonight, wake up, church. Wake up the mighty men of God. I have blown the trumpet in Zion and sounded the alarm to wake up the church from her slumber. All right, so let's get down to tonight's message. Glory be to God. Our message tonight comes from the book of Nehemiah uh, and from Philippians. So let's start with the book of Nehemiah, uh, the sixth chapter. And um, when you have your Bibles, say amen, hallelujah, glory be to God. So turn with me to Nehemiah chapter six. And we're going to look at the first three verses. And this is what it says. Now, it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies. There's that enemy again. You see, the enemy has infiltrated the church. And the Bible said. The rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall, that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Then Sambalat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me mischief. See, you got to have discernment in these last days because the enemy will come at you with something. When he sees the work that you are doing for God, he will attack you, attack a close family member. Uh, The enemy will attack your children. The enemy will attack your finances. The enemy will do power to get you off course. And he will uh, make up lies. He will send you uh, 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 wrong messages. Even uh, people might even hear voices that are not of God. But you got to have the Holy Ghost. My God, we need the Holy Ghost in these last and evil days because the Holy Ghost will speak and he will tell you what's what. He will tell you who's who. Sometimes uh, people began to speak and they began to talk. And if you just listen to them, you can tell, uh, 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 you can discern that they are lying. And then all you got to do, if your discernment ain't working too good, is pray and ask God, should I believe what this person is saying to me? And, and Lord, is this the truth? Because The Bible tells us, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So we got to have discernment, and we got to pray. The Bible says, pray about everything. Pray without ceasing. Pray and faint not. So this is an hour that we have really got to pray. Now, that's amazing because the church has... um, has discontinued prayer. Uh, You can no longer go to many churches and find a prayer meeting. You can find uh, bingo night, uh, movie night. uh, You can find uh, dance recital. uh, You can find choir rehearsal. Uh, They'll have a concert, and they will have youth night. But prayer meeting has been uh, canceled at the church. Nobody is having prayer meeting anymore. Now, when I was growing up, they had prayer meetings on Wednesday nights. I know because my grandmother took me with her almost every Wednesday night. And, you know, as a child, I wondered why she always dragged me with her to prayer meeting. Today, I know why. Uh, she was setting me in the atmosphere I, I would fall asleep at some point during the service, but she was keeping me in the atmosphere, teaching me also the importance of prayer. You see, prayer, it, it, it must be in the home. Prayer must be on the job. Prayer must be in the school. As a matter of fact, because they have taken prayer out of the schools, the children are failing. The school system has failed the children because they have removed prayer and devotion from the school. So we got to have prayer on our jobs. We got to have prayer in the church. We got to have prayer. Prayer must be in every aspect of our life. But the church being the called out assembly of God, if anybody should be praying, it should be the church. But for some strange reason, the church has canceled Prayer meeting. So if if you Google maybe ten churches right now, you won't find where they're having prayer meeting. They're having a Bible study. They're having this and they're having that women's meeting and men's meeting. But they are not have. You know what? They are not having prayer meeting. But they'll have a, a, a health and wellness services in the house of God. And I, I don't know why they're having that. Because if they would pray, the healer he would show up. You don't have to have a health and wellness service. Just pray and call on the healer. The word of the Lord tells us, uh, "I am the Lord that healeth thee." And uh, the scripture says, "He sent His word and healed our disease." And and and, and this is what the Lord said to um, the children of Israel, he said, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments, that means listen to his commandments and take heed, because you've you got to do more than listen. you got to uh, listen and obey his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So we need prayer. We need prayer. We need prayer. We need prayer. prayer. All right, so um, verse 2 says that they thought to do me mischief, that was Sambalach, and guess them. now have you ever been doing something important and uh somebody come in and say uh uh hey, hey 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 i i i need you quick come here i i need you to come help do this fix this help me with this and um you get all uh turned around you're already doing something important and then they come and uh distract you and and get you doing something else. So uh I want you to listen, listen carefully tonight to this message because it's going to speak to you. It's going to speak to you in a way that maybe you had not anticipated. Uh, I'm not talking about me speaking to you. I said this message is going to speak to you. It's going to find you where you're at. So Bellet and Geshem, sent unto me saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me mischief. You see, the prophet Nehemiah uh discernment was 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 working and he, he knew that, yeah, they said things that let's have a meeting, but he said, they up to no good. They they want to do me some harm. So verse 3 says, And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? You see, that's how the enemy operates. Now, he may not send you, a message today or or he may he might send you a text message from somebody and say i, I got an emergency quick i need you to come and help me but you're studying the word you are uh, uh uh preparing yourself for ministry and here come the enemy uh it amazes me how when we really get down to business with god The enemy will come to distract you. Now, you could be washing clothes. You could be uh, 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 playing music. uh, You could be uh, even washing your car, doing anything. Uh, The enemy, he don't come to distract you while you're doing that. But the minute you decide to get down in the word of God, here come the devil. And he's going to come with some form of impression. So tonight's message is stay focused. Don't get distracted. See, when God gives you an assignment, you got to stay on your post. You got to stay on your post. You got to do what God has told you to do. Now, somebody else may have a different assignment from you. Now, you got to see tonight how the enemy works. So you're doing what God has told you to do. And here comes somebody else want you to do what they are doing. So they come to distract you and tell you, come and help them do what they are doing. Well, first of all, you, you must remember that uh, what God called you to do, that's for you. And whatever God called them to do, that's for them. Now, you can't say God didn't call them to do that. We don't know. But, but you do know what he called you to do. So you you and I have to stay focused on what you know God has told you to do and not get distracted, because in this day and time, the enemy is going to use whatever uh, he can to get you off course. Now, the prophet Nehemiah was given an important assignment by God, and that was to go back to Jerusalem To rebuild the wall Uh, God handpicked him For this assignment And um, God even Gave him favor With the king because Nehemiah Was the king's cupbearer And so what am I Saying to you That uh, the king Gave Nehemiah Letters and told him Whatever you need You have these letters And you can go, (coughs) excuse me, and get all the building supplies, all the material that you need. Now, what that tells me is where God guides, he provides. I don't care how bad it looks. You might say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I ain't got no money. I don't have this. I don't have that. God will give you favor. Money Will only get you some places But favor Will get you places that money Can't get you Let me take a drink of this water You see how the enemy is trying to distract me right now But I serve notice on him Satan you're a liar I'm going to speak this word To the people of God Because this is what my assignment is And I rebuke you now In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and I command the enemy to flee. All right. So God gave Nehemiah this assignment to go back because it was prophesied that after 70 years, they would uh, go back to Jerusalem. All right. So the first step was to go back and rebuild the wall around the city. Glory be to God. You got to fortify yourself. Okay. Okay. All right, so the Lord used the king to give Nehemiah all the building materials that he needed to get the job done. So God gave him favor with a king. Now, God will give you favor for what your assignment is. So don't worry about your qualifications. Don't worry about your education. Don't worry about your financial situation. All you got to do is say yes to God, and he'll take care of the rest. So God also gave him willing workers. For the scriptures tell us in Nehemiah 4 and 6, the people had a mind to work. See, this was not an assignment that Nehemiah was going to do by himself. But God gave him the authority to be over it and to to, uh, oversee it, that it would get done. All right? So the people had a mind to work. So God gave his servant, Nehemiah, everything that he needed to accomplish the task, but it was Nehemiah's responsibility to to stay focused. Now, let me tell you something about that. Whatever God called you to do, he will provide and supply all that you need to get the job done, but it is yours and my responsibility to stay focused. God's not going to do that for us. That's what we have to do. We have to stay focused on the things and follow God's instructions explicitly. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Y'all know the story about Saul. The prophet Samuel had told Saul what to do. He told him to go and utterly destroy the Amalekites. But Saul, he told him to destroy the women, the children, uh the animals and everything and to keep nothing. Okay? So Saul went and did part of the assignment. But don't you know obedience requires total total submission to the Lord. So he went and did part of what he was supposed to do. So when they came back from war and Samuel came to him, he said, "Uh what is this out here, the bleeding of the sheep?" In other words, Saul had done kept the sheep. He he kept the best of things, the uh the stuff that was spoiled and 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 had blemishes on it. He he destroyed that, but he kept the best. And then uh, Samuel asked him, said, what is this I hear? the bleeding of the sheep? And he he lied. He said, oh, yeah, I kept it uh, so we could make sacrifices unto the Lord. Now, let me tell you something. When God tell you to destroy something, that means he don't want it. He don't want it. So Saul did not obey the instructions. And if you don't obey them fully, it's the same as not obeying them at all. <laughs> so what happened, what happened, <clears throat> Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Now, what happened was Samuel, Samuel pronounced judgment on Saul. He told him, he said, the Lord has taken the kingdom from you. And he told him, you and uh, your son are going to die. You see, obedience, God requires obedience, total obedience, not partial obedience, because there's no such thing as partial obedience. You cannot say, well, I did part of what you told me to do, God, but I didn't do it all. You have to follow God's instructions. Let, let me take you somewhere quickly to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter, uh, chapter 13. This story in the Bible is probably one of the most uh, important stories. I I learned a very great lesson from this story, and I want to read it to you. Uh, From 1 Kings chapter 13, it says, And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of God unto Bethel, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar, in the word of the Lord So there was a prophet There was a prophet that came By the word of the Lord Because the prophets only do what God tell them to do So the prophet came And uh, Prophesied against Bethel By the word of the Lord And um, So he said O altar, altar Thus saith the Lord Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. You see, that's why when people began to give you prophecy, prophecy comes with details. When they come up with this generic stuff, oh, you're getting ready to be blessed. Oh, uh, yeah, God's getting ready to do great things in your life. That's not prophecy. Prophecy has details. He told him that a child was going to be born, and his name would be Josiah. That's what the word of the Lord came through the prophet and said. So you all can stop being deceived by these false prophets who come up and tell you that they see seeing things, and they hear the Lord saying things. You're about to be blessed. You're already blessed if you say and you're you about to, uh, 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 yeah, your, all your problems are about to be over. You can't find that in the scripture nowhere. Oh, yeah, uh, I see a breakthrough, a breakthrough coming. What kind of breakthrough? Be specific. The prophets, God always gave the prophets details. A few weeks ago, Prophet Overton Spoke some words to my husband He was so Accurate I had not spoken one word To him concerning it He was hearing It was a word of knowledge And he was hearing directly From God concerning my husband And I let my husband Hear it on the phone I put it on speakerphone But let me tell you something The man of God was so accurate I couldn't say nothing I, I I I couldn't open my mouth. The man of God was accurate. Prophecy is going to be accurate, not generic, not blase. It's going to be accurate. So if you want to know whether this is a real prophet or not, just look for the details. Look for the details, all right? So he said in Josiah by name, And upon thee he shall offer the priests of the high places that burn incense unto thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. Now, he's prophesying against Bethel. My God. And Bethel, the word Bethel means house of bread. All right. So, he said, let's go on. And he gave a sign. The same day, saying, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent. It's going to be torn. And the ashes that are planted shall be poured out. And it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar at Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up. So King Jeroboam didn't like the prophecy that the man of God gave. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't get mad at the messenger for the message that he brings. If he's a true prophet, you got to take that up with the Lord. Whether the prophecy is good or whether the prophecy is bad, you got to take that up with the Lord. The prophet Isaiah, he received... Uh, uh, He he gave Hezekiah a prophecy It wasn't good He told him you getting ready to die Hezekiah didn't get mad with Isaiah He took it up with the Lord He cried out to God And God added 15 more years To his life So don't get mad when the prophet Come and tell you something That you don't want to hear You got to take that up with the Lord Alright So the prophet got mad and told his servant to lay hold of him And he put his hand On the prophet And the Bible says his hand dried up My God So that he could not pull it out again The altar was rent The ashes was poured from the altar According to the sign Which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord And the king answered and said Unto the man of God Entreat now the face of the Lord Thy God and pray for me that my hand may be restored again. And the man of God sought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again and became as it was before. Boy, I'm telling you, if y'all not getting this picture, God ain't nothing to play with. Do you hear what I'm saying? For people that's trying to play church, they better stop, because this God that we serve is nothing to play with. All right? And the king said unto him, unto the man of God, come home with me and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. Listen at the devil trying to give him a bribe. And the man of God said unto the king, if thou wilt give me half thy house, I will not go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was charged me. In other words, I was warned. By the word of the Lord, saying, eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now, I got to keep reading because this prophet obeyed God. He prophesied against Bethel. He said exactly what God told him to say. Then another man, the king tried to get him to come in and, and eat with him. He said, no, he said, I can't do that. He said, if you were to give me half of the kingdom, I would not go in and eat with you. Because the Lord said. See, that's got to be the most important thing. Not what man said, but what the Lord said. Because whatever God said, He his word is backed by all of heaven. So whatever God says, that's what we better be doing. We better do what the Lord says. Now, man will come along with something tricky. Man has always come along. Remember in the garden, God told Adam and Eve, the day that you eat of this tree, he said, thou will surely die. What did Satan do? He said, well, God, uh, he didn't really say you don't really die. But you know why she ate from that fruit? Because that's what she wanted to hear. Yeah, that's why people disobey God. Somebody come along, God done told you specifically what to do, what not to do, and somebody else come along and tell you something else, and you do it. That's because that's what you wanted to hear. So we got to pay attention. We got to pay attention, stay focused, and don't get distracted. I'm telling you something. We are living in the last days. Some people, if you don't stay focused, if you allow the enemy to distract you, you might not even get another chance. That's just how close we are. So we got to stay focused. We got to stay on the assignment that God has given us. You can't look to the left. You can't look to the right. Don't look at what other people are doing. Other people might be doing something different, but you got to stay with what God told you to do. So let's look at verse 11. He said, now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken unto the king then they told also to their father. So this is another prophet entering the scene, but he was an old prophet. And their father said unto them, what way went he? Now his sons had heard the man of God say that God told him not to go back the way that he came. They witnessed, his sons witnessed the whole incident. So they go home and tell their daddy what they saw. All right, so the daddy said, which way did he go? And he said unto his son, saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon and went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, art thou the man of God that came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread, nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was told to me, by the word of the Lord, thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by thy way, by the way that thou camest. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also, as thou art. And an angel spoke unto me by the word of the Lord. Listen, that the devil tell lies. All right? And he said, bring him back with thee unto thine house that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. That's what the scripture said. But he lied unto him. You see, we have to stick with the word of God. When When the enemy tempted Jesus in the wilderness, all Jesus said was, it is written. This is what we have to stick with, what's written in this Bible. People come up with all sorts of things. I'm telling you, they making up stuff left and right. But it's not written in this Bible. If it's not here, I, I don't listen to it. I can't receive it. My spirit rejects it because it's not the word of God. People are putting people in bondage. They have people in bondage today to them because they didn't know the word of God. In other words, somebody come in and say, everybody start committing uh, somersaults, and and everybody just start flipping somersaults. Somebody in there ought to say, "Is this in the word? Do do we have to do this? Is this in the word?" Somebody ought to say, "This ain't in the word, and we ain't got to do this." But what happens? They say, "My pastor said, my preacher said." And the preacher might be a lying prophet just like this lying prophet was. And to make his story good, the lying prophet said, first of all, he said, I'm also a prophet. And then he said, but an angel came and told me. Now, you know he was lying. You know he was lying. But guess what? The man of God fell for it. He got distracted. He knew what God had told him. He told the first king, he told Jeroboam, I can't come in and eat with you. He said, and I can't even go back the same way I came. He said, because the Lord gave me specific instructions not to go back by the way that I came. So he didn't go back. Okay? Now this man's sons, they heard everything. They witnessed it all, and they went back and told their daddy. All right, so the daddy goes and find the prophet. Found him sitting up under a tree. And guess what he said? He said, I'm also a prophet. He said, uh, uh you can come and eat with me. He said, No, I can't. And then he told the lie. He said, a angel told me. Now the Bible tells us, if anybody come to us and tell us anything, other than what's written in this word Even if it were an angel Not to believe it Not to receive it And don't follow it Because the angel Is able to transform himself The, the devil is able to transform himself As an angel of life So we have to stay focused On our assignment If God tell us Go down the street Turn right When you come to the light, go down two blocks and make a left and go down to the second house that have a blue light in the window, and there you're going to find so-and-so and so-and-so. And -and And I want you to speak what I'm telling you to say. You and I have got to do what God said do. we got to follow his specific instructions. We can't allow another person, to come along and tell us something different when we know what God already told us. Can't get distracted. He can't afford to. So the Bible says, he said unto him, I am a prophet also. He said, and he was, he told the truth on that. He was an old prophet though. And the Bible said that he said, and an angel spoke unto me, By the word of the Lord saying bring him back with thee Into thine house that he may eat bread and drink water But he lied unto him So he went back with him And did eat bread in his house and drank water And it came to pass As they sat at the table The word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back So the prophet that lied to him received the word of the Lord while they were still sitting at the table. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah. Now, this is all supernatural. This is all the workings of God. He said, Thus saith the Lord God, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of God, not something somebody else told you, but what you heard God say himself. You have disobeyed the mouth of the Lord and has not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but came back and has eaten bread and drunk water in the place which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water. Thy carcass shall now that thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchre of thy father in other words you getting ready to die because you disobeyed me god said because you disobeyed the word of the lord that you heard from my mouth i did not send you a messenger with these instructions i spoke directly to you how is it that we can get distracted after we have heard the voice of the lord When God speaks, his voice is like no other voice. The Bible says his voice is like the sound of many waters. So how can we get confused? How can we get distracted? How can we do something different other than what God has told us to do? You know how? We allow somebody else to speak. We allow the voice of the enemy to speak. And he magnifies his voice louder Than the voice of the Lord So you either going to have your ear to God's mouth Or you got your ear to the devil's mouth The man of God had his ear to God's mouth at first And then he allowed the enemy To come along And amplify his voice Where it was louder than what God said Because he knew He told two people That God had told him He could not turn in. He couldn't go to his house. And he could not eat no bread or drink no water with anyone. And he couldn't go back the way he came. He knew. He knew it. He had his marching orders. He had his instructions. He knew what God had told him. But he allowed somebody else to come along and tell him something differently. Saints of God, we have got to stay focused. And don't get distracted. Don't allow anyone come along and tell you something different from what God has told you. I don't care if it's your mama. Stick with what you know you heard God say. Because he speaks. He speaks with an audible voice. Now, the enemy will come along and maybe it's your pastor. He said, well, uh what is the Lord saying to you? And you say, Well, Pastor, the Lord told me to uh to leave and I, I got to go somewhere else. And your pastor tell you, Well no, that, that uh that ain't that ain't what you're supposed to do. Uh you, you got to stay here and help me. And uh but God done told you your season there was up. So your pastor, this is what your pastor would do and not all pastors, I'm speaking generically now. The pastor would say, I, I want to promote you. Yeah, I was getting ready to make you my assistant. And, uh, I, I, uh yeah, so that's why you've you got to stay for this promotion. But you know God done told you to get out of there. So because the pastor came along and told you something different, you followed the voice of a man instead of the voice of God. Some people are married to somebody today that they shouldn't even be married to because God told you not to marry that individual. But guess what? You married them anyway. You married them anyway, and you heard the voice of God say no, but somebody else came along and said something different. And the reason you did what the the other person said is because that's what you wanted to hear anyway. I have made these mistakes, so I can confess tonight I have done these things. The very things that I'm talking to you about, I have done them. I know what I heard God say, and then somebody else came along and said something different, and it sounded real good, and it sounded nice, and it was what I wanted to hear. So I disobeyed. I disobeyed God, and I'm going to tell you something. Anytime you disobey God, it's going to cost you. And it's going to be a high price, a high price for low living. It cost me. It cost me. I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. I was miserable. I, I, I went through some things. And you know what? That taught me something. That taught me a great lesson is when you hear God say something, I don't care who comes, I don't care if the president comes, I don't care if the vice president, I don't care if the queen or the king of England comes. It behooves us to follow God's instructions. You gotta follow instructions. You gotta stay focused on those instructions and don't allow anyone to come and distract you. It could be your children. Your children, you know, children have a way of influencing parents. They come and they say, "Oh, mama, I don't want to move. I don't want. To... All my friends are here. Oh, mama, I, 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 I just got. I need to stay stay one more year. I'm about to graduate. But God doesn't tell you to get out of that city, cause He's about to destroy that city for its wickedness. But you stayed because Junior told you uh, he he need to stay and graduate with his friends. God told you to come out, but you didn't come out. And guess what? When the destruction came, you you were part of it. You received part of it. if not all. Some, Some stuff will cost you your life. Some stuff is fatal. You don't get another chance. So it behooves us to stay focused on whatever God has told us and don't allow anyone or anything to distract us. So let's hear what happened. And it came to pass after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him. And his carcass was cast in the way. And the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass Now look, look at this He got up to leave And when he left A lion met him Now the lion Killed him But the lion did not touch The donkey that he was riding on Now you would think in your mind Well that's more meat A donkey is bigger than a man But he didn't touch the lion He did not touch the donkey He only killed the man And behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the carcass. So the lion just, he ate the man, and he stood right there. And the Bible said, And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord hath delivered him. Unto the lion Which have torn him and slain him According to the word of the Lord Which he spake unto him I learned a powerful lesson from this I learned to obey what God said I don't care what nobody else is doing I'm going to follow God I'm going to obey God You know why? Because his instructions Are the way of life His instructions are the way of life in other words, you'll be blessed if you obey God You'll be cursed if you disobey him. So now, I wanted to share that with you That's not tonight's message But I wanted to share that with you I'm going back to Nehemiah to chapter 6 Because Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall to Jerusalem That was his assignment I don't know what your assignment is, but I know what mine is. And I've had to learn over the years not to let other people burden me with their assignment. You see, people will come in, and, and, and they like to uh, play on your emotions. They say, quick, Harry, Harry, I need some help. Oh, oh, come now. And, and they'll get you so so wrapped up into whatever's going on in their life that you leave your assignment and go to see about them. But I've learned something over the years. I've learned that your emergency is not my emergency. That's what I had to learn. And your assignment is not my assignment. I've got to stick to my assignment. Now, I'm not cold-hearted. I'm not saying that I don't help people because I do. But I don't let me helping them with what God has t- called me to do. So Nehemiah was doing what God told him to do. He had rebuilt the wall, and the only thing he hadn't done was put the doors on the gates. And so when Sambalat and Geshem saw this, they sent a message unto him saying, come let us meet together in one of the villages. But Nehemiah discerned that they fought to do him mischief. Glory be to God. They thought to do him harm. And the Bible says, sent messengers unto them. They sent a messenger unto me, I'm going to send a messenger back. I am doing, Nehemiah said, I am doing a great work so that I can't come down. Why should should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? He discerned that they wanted to do him harm, and he said, I'm doing a great work for the Lord, and I can't stop. I can't stop. This is my assignment. I can't stop And do what you want me to do I got to do what God told me to do In other words I'm not going to allow you To distract me From doing what God has told me to do And the enemy operates that way He will send people He will send people to come and distract you. He will raise up your children. He will raise up your husband against you. He will raise up your wife. He will raise up family members against you, and they will get mad. Mad because you don't stop doing what God has called you to do to come and see about them. I heard a lady preach one time, and the woman said... That she was praying, praying, praying for her grandson His name was Junie And she said that Junie was selling drugs And Junie was doing all this stuff And Junie was giving the mama a hard time And Junie was cutting up bad And Junie got killed Somebody killed Junie And so the mama uh, Was distraught And the grandmama She preached Junie's funeral And after she got through preaching The grandmama packed her bags because she had to keep, she she was an itinerant preacher, and she had more assignments. And her daughter said to her mama, you going to leave me? Junie, how how you going to leave me? And Junie just, she said, Junie is gone. And I got to preach the gospel. I never forgot. Junie gone. She was dead. There was nothing else she could do. And the Bible says, let the dead bury the dead. She preached this funeral, and after that funeral, grandma got on the road because she had more preaching to do. She said, what am I staying here for? Junie's gone. And I got to preach the gospel. You see, that woman of God, that grandmother, she knew her assignment, and she wasn't going to let anything, not Junie's life nor Junie's death, Distract her I am certain that she loved her grandson She told how she had witnessed to him All these years But guess what She had an assignment from God And grandma She kept her assignment She said I'm doing a great work I can't come down Why must the work cease you see, so many times we allow our children and our family members and our loved ones to become idols in our life. And it becomes all about them. And I can't do this. I can't do that because Junie. I can't go here because Junie needed it. And I can't do because Junie. No, Junie is gone. And I got to preach the gospel. I never forgot that that woman of God said that. That stuck with me. And what resonated in my spirit was, don't get distracted. She wouldn't allow anything, not even the death of her own grandson to distract her. And that's the message tonight. Nehemiah said, I am doing a great work so that I cannot Come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Why should I stop doing what God has called me to do and come down to you? Why? When I have an assignment and I have specific instructions from God, the Bible said work while it's day, but no man can work when it's night. And the truth be told, we don't know when night is coming. We don't know. We don't know where death is. We don't know when we're going to leave here. So we got to be faithful. We got to be about our father's business. Jesus told the story. He said he was preaching. He said, and they told him, your mother, your father, your brothers and sisters, they at the door, they they outside, they they want to have a word with you. Jesus responded, who is my mother? Who my brother? Who is my sister? He said, them that do the will of my father. That was his biological family. But he would not let them distract him. He stayed focused all the way to the end. He stayed focused. He set his face like a flint and he went toward Jerusalem. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So Nehemiah said, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. I won't come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? We can learn from this man of God tonight. We can learn from the man of god in first kings chapter 13 and we can learn there's something to be learned here tonight and uh this is what i want to share with you if god has told you to do anything i don't care what it is stay focused nehemiah had to stay focused in order to do what god told him to do he had his orders and they were directly from God. But it was his responsibility to get focused and remain focused no matter what. The word of the Lord tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Be ye steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> there will be distractions things that the enemy will send to get you off your assignment. That's how Satan operates, especially for those who are anointed. Now, people that ain't anointed, he ain't ain't messing with them. But if you are anointed, the enemy wants to get you off your post. The Bible says, For the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy but I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The enemy will sin and use whatever he can use to distract you. Whether it be your children, whether it be your finances, even your own body, he'll start messing with your health. But we have to be resolute we got to be resolute. Job said it best. He said, if he slay me, yet will I trust him. You see, 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 had not been written when Nehemiah sent that message back. He said, I am doing a great work, and I can't come down. Why should the work cease? While I leave it and come down to you The enemy Will try to distract you From your assignment And I'm going to show you something The assignment that God has given you Is very important Because if it wasn't The enemy wouldn't fight against it You're doing a great work You're doing a great work for the Lord he would try He would try his best to get you off course. He would try his best. He would set traps for you. That's what he did. He sent Sambalat and Geshem. He sent them with a lie, saying, come, let us meet together. You know, it's something about that. People want to have all these meetings. I, I, I'm not one for all of that. I believe that we need to meet. If we need to meet, let's meet. We don't have to have a meeting for the meeting. Let's meet. Let's play, Let's pray, and let's plan it out. And after that, let's carry it out. I, I, I I'm not, in, I'm not inclined to, to join up with these people that got to have all these meetings. You're gonna never get nothing done. They too busy meeting. Now, Nehemiah's resolve said, I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. And we got to get that. We got to get that. We got to get there. We got to get there. No matter who or what the enemy throws our way, we must stay focused on what God has called us to do. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Don't get distracted. Don't get sidetracked. Stay focused on the task at hand. The enemy will do everything in his power to derail you, to delay you, to hinder, and to even, but you got to be determined to get the job done. You got to have what I call the three D. The dedication, the determination, and self-discipline. Notice I said the word self-discipline. That means you have what it takes. You govern yourself. Or the, shall I, I'm going to say it another way. You allow the Holy Spirit to govern you. And you got to pray. You got to ask the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> help me get this done. I have had assignments from the Lord that I didn't even know how to do. Some things God asked me to do, I started crying. I said, God, I don't know how to do that. But guess what? He told me what to do. He told me step by step. The first thing he told me to do was go on a fast. He said, go on a fast, and I'm going to show you everything. And he did just that. I fasted for seven days, and I was still working. I fasted for seven days. And guess what? God gave me Step-by-step instructions. And it was something that I had never done before and did not know, didn't have any knowledge of it. When I got to the next part, I said, now what, God? He showed me what to do next. He walked me through it. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know how to print it and publish it and get an ISBN number. I didn't know how to do any of that And get it copyrighted I didn't know how to do any of that And it seemed monumental But God showed me everything And I obeyed him I obeyed him But my first reaction To his instruction I started crying and I said to him, Lord, I don't know how to do that. And he responded. He said, go on a fast, and I will show you what to do. <clears throat> how many of you know that he that is faithful? Amen. Amen. Because he is. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. We can't get distracted. We can't allow nothing and no one. To get in our way Of doing what God has called us to do No delays No hindrances No setbacks Let nothing from fulfilling The call of God on your life Get the three D's The dedication The determination And the self discipline And this is going to require Whatever God called you to do It's going to require some praying And fasting and the reason is because the enemy goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to get you off track. Somebody listening to the sound of my voice right now, God has called you to do something. And you are fearful. You're afraid that you're inadequate. You don't know how to do it. But that what is that to God? He's a teacher. He'll show you by step. See, you're trying to figure it out in your mind because it's a big undertaking, and you're trying to figure it out, uh, the big thing, but God doesn't give us the big thing. He shows us step by step. He'll give you a big assignment, but he'll walk you through it step by step. So it's going to require some prayer and fasting. You got to get up, stay up, pray up, and fast up. Do whatever it takes. You're going to have to cut your phone off. Cut the TV off. You got to tell some people, hey, I got an assignment. And as a matter of fact, you don't even have to explain to people because they ain't going to understand no way. When you explain to them, that God has given you assignment, do you know what? The enemy will use those very people. He will use them to try to distract you. Now, they know you done already told them that you got an assignment, so the enemy will use those individuals. So keep that to yourself. Just go about it and do what God tells you to do. Don't try to explain to people because there's a spirit called jealousy in the land. Some people get jealous when they see God using you or they see God uh, working in your life. Yeah, some people get jealous because they don't have an assignment because God already know he can't trust them. So God has trusted you with something, and then you don't need to explain to your family and friends what God has told you. Because, first of all, they wasn't there when God told you. They didn't hear what God told you. Some of them ain't going to believe it. Others are going to try to stop you from doing that. All of a sudden, somebody will say, let's go on vacation. You say, well, I ain't got no money. Oh, girl, I got you. I'll pay your way. Now, when you didn't have this assignment, they wasn't going to pay your way. All of a sudden, they come up with things. You can't go on vacation while you have an assignment from God That's what that prophet did Over in First Kings He was told Not to go back the way that he came Told Not to go in and eat with anyone He was told But yet He allowed another prophet Come and tell him something different He listened To the voice Of the enemy, and it cost him his life. This is some serious business. I'm telling you something. If you have an assignment from God, do whatever God is telling you to do, but don't get distracted. Stay focused. Do whatever it takes to follow God fully, follow his instructions fully. You see, Saul. Saul said, I, "I obeyed the Lord." He said, "Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh." Samuel said, "Uh uh-uh. uh." He said, "What is that I hear? The bleeding of the sheep?" And he said, "Well, I I kept I kept the best uh, uh stuff of uh, the best sheep uh, so we could sacrifice them to the Lord." Samuel said, "Obedience is better than sacrifice." So don't try to fix it up. Don't try to justify it. Don't try to make it right when you know it's wrong. The only way you can fully follow God is by fully obeying his instructions. Don't do it halfway and then say, I've done what the Lord told me to do. No, you haven't. And to do something halfway for God is the same as not doing it at all. Because you didn't finish it. Jesus, our Savior, went all the way from the Garden of Gethsemane to Golgotha's Hill on that cross. He fully obeyed God. He did not half-step. He didn't fight back. The Bible said he reviled not when being reviled. He suffered. They plucked off his beard. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They whipped him. He went all the way. And he could have called legions of angels to come and rescue him. But he said, not my will, Lord. Thy will be done. What if Jesus didn't go all the way? What if he he didn't stay up there on that cross? It would be a terrible thing because you and I would not be saved today. What if he had said, I've had enough? I, I can't go no further. I've obeyed you in this, that, and the other, but I can't go no further. I'm done, Lord. He went all the way. He went all the way. He finished his assignment, and that is why, at the end, he was able to say, it is finished. He paid the price for your salvation and for mine. The scripture says he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his strife. We are healed. He was despised and rejected. A man acquainted with sorrow. And he knew no sin. He was innocent. They falsely accused him. He was innocent. But yet he went. All the way. He stayed right there on that cross. And the Bible says, after he said it is finished, he gave up the ghost. Where would you and I be today if Christ come down from that cross without finishing his assignment? He fully followed God's instructions. To go halfway wouldn't have been enough. To go three-fourths of the way wouldn't have been enough. We had to go all the way. And you and I, those who have assignments from God, we have to go all the way. We have to finish what God called us to do. We have to complete our assignment. We are doing a great work, and we can't come down. Glory be to God and I. We can't come down because Jesus did not come down. He said, why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? And if I didn't even read the next verse. It says, they sent unto him four times. They were persistent. But guess what? The prophet Nehemiah, he was persistent also. He didn't let anything stop him from doing what God had assigned him to do. So we got to do whatever it takes to fully follow God's instructions. You see, the Bible tells us, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Pick up his cross and follow me. That means you don't let your children, your grandchildren, your cousin, your best friend, your homie, your wife, your husband, you don't let anyone, your mama, you don't let anyone get in your way and stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Sometimes we allow fear to get in our way. What if I can't do it? What if I, what if I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if you couldn't do it, God wouldn't have called you to do it. Moses had a stuttering problem. He didn't think he could speak well enough to talk to Pharaoh. But guess what? God gave him Aaron, his brother, to speak for him. It was still Moses' job. It was still his assignment to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. Aaron, he was just his his, uh, mouthpiece. Moses had to lead six million people through the Red Sea. You're talking about a task that's monumental. Now that's monumental. It wasn't all about him, though. It was all about the Lord equipped him, he called him, equipped him, and then he led him. Moses had never done anything like that before. But God chose him. If God chose you to do anything for him, consider it an honor. Don't let nothing get in your way. Don't let nothing stop you. Don't let nothing and no one hinder you. Stay focused and don't get distracted. Stay focused on your assignment. Don't worry and don't be afraid. God is with you. He's with you. And if things get going too rough, God will arise and scatter your enemies. Press on. I want to close with this scripture. Keep your eyes on the prize. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. We give God praise. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press for the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And he said, let us therefore be thus minded. You got to press. Situations come and situations go. People will come and people will go. Things will change. But you got to press. Forget what happened in the past. Forget all about that. Stay focused on your assignment. Don't get distracted. Don't let the enemy lead you off down a rabbit trail. Stay focused. Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Christ Jesus. Let nothing and no one distract you from your assignment. Be like Nehemiah and say, I am doing a great work, and I can't come down. May God bless you. May heaven smile on you. I pray that you have been encouraged tonight. I pray that you have been lifted tonight. I pray that you have been inspired tonight to get up and go on and do what God has called you to do. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Our number here is 336-575-0206. You can reach us by email at jet245 at msn.com. If you have been blessed by this ministry, you can bless us with a donation. May God bless you. Peace, grace and peace be yours